Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Traveling Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Um, so today, this episode will be answering the question, what would be on your international playlist? Now, I um, have found some hidden gems in terms of really, really fantastic movie throughout my travels, you know, um, the same way that I do at home. And that would be Shazam. I let the technology figure it out, whether it be um, a restaurant, whether it be at a store or a bar. Um, the same way when we go out here and by here, I mean, wherever home is to you, but, um, the same way music plays in stores and locations and shit, uh, while you're home, same thing happens abroad. So when something comes on that I like, I hit Shazam and I've come across some really, uh, really interesting music. Uh, most notably there is a song that I keep thinking of and don't ask me what the song was or who the artist was. But it was a song that I came across during breakfast in a cafe in Colombia. And um, I feel like I had a really difficult time trying to find more of the artist's music. But I was surprised that the song actually came up considering it was difficult for me to find more information. But anyway, um, so Shazam, if you haven't heard of it before, don't know why you may not have. But um, if it is new to you. Highly recommend 10 out of 10, really easy app to use. Tap it and it'll basically um, listen to whatever's going on in the background and tell you what song is playing. Also works while you are listening to um, or watching, um, if you will, a show or a movie. If there is a song that is playing, it is useful for identifying that song. So um, like the great connector it is twitter actually sent me down a rabbit hole um and shout out to um i think it's pronounced ichigo nigasaki uh whose at name is soma kazima s-o-m-a-k-a-z-i-m-a their uh tweet will be linked in the description box but they sent me down a rabbit hole and i guess it's only fitting since they went down a rabbit hole themselves of 80s japanese um, no, Japanese 80s city pop, 80s Japanese city pop, however you're going to say it. Um, but incredible, incredible, really um, easy to listen to uh, music. I don't understand what the fuck they're saying. It's in a completely different language. But music from different countries exists, guys. Like, it's one of those things that you may not necessarily thinking uh, think of. And that's what this thread got me thinking of is... How interested am I in places when I'm not on my way there? Like, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm going to visit Austria for the first time. So I'm going to Google a few things. Like, you can find a million different travel tips that'll tell you, look up place uh, information about the place uh, before you go. Great, well and fine uh, advice or information to give, but what is your stance on places that you're not going to travel to um, anytime soon. Like how often, if you think about it, are you likely to explore other places from home that aren't in preparation of a trip, right? So I 
you know, this is not a personal indictment. This is not to say you're a good or bad person or you're doing it right or you're wrong. It's just something to bring to your awareness, if you will, to be, um, oh, to have it at the top of mind and to ask yourself if you can be more internationally curious. Um, and I think that it's really easy to do so in the realm or in the niche space, if you will, of shit that you're already interested in. Do you listen to music? Well, see what's playing in other places. So um, another thing about being internationally curious that I think may or may not, depends on the type of person you are, but may lend itself to aiding in that is asking yourself this question. How often when, say, reading an article or um, watching, I wasn't going to say watching a movie, but that's, I watch it with subtitles. Um, but when you come across a name that is not of your native language or just has a lot more syllables or letters than you personally may be familiar with, how quick are you to gloss over the name or just skip over the person's name and just say person and go on with the rest of the sentence? like? Do you ever like, I don't want to say ever, but do you consciously put respect on people's names? I feel like I've brought this up before, but I personally do my best to make sure that I honor and respect people's names. Um, even for a personal act of when I'm reading something, I will always try to um, do my best to pronounce whatever name I'm coming across in the text. And I don't know if it's just in the back of my head. It's, I don't know, maybe um, guiding me pray tell to uh, being able to recall the name in the future. It's not because I'm not going to remember, but it's just a, a practice of respecting other cultures and respecting people from places that I know shit about off the strength of they should be respected, especially as a traveler, someone that loves to travel. I can hop, jump and skip all these different places in the world. But if I don't have the courtesy of taking my time to even try to pronounce someone's name uh, appropriately, then I kind of feel like it's a slap in the face to go to someone else's country and then kind of just consume. Um, and I feel as if that kind of gives you maybe a, a thicker line between consumer and um, conscientious, if you will. So with that little bit of background, I will tell you that I had a really fun dive over this past weekend. Um, my partner and I were just hanging out around the house, and um, we tend to just talk about what we're going to watch, and we will save a million movies and shows to the playlist, and then we'll just end up sitting and talking. It's not a bad thing at all. Um, and sometimes we'll just put music on in the background. So this weekend in particular, we decided to do an international playlist. And that, my good friends, is what led us to this week's episode. So I told you guys that we started with the 80s um, city pop, Japanese city pop. And that was a really good time. I don't have any artists in particular to, you know, highlight or to say that I would point out per se. But I will say that that did send me on a bit of an excursion for more, inf um, not more information, but more music, more artists to check out. And we came across quite a few. One, let me start with a gentleman named Weggs. Now, that one was particularly interesting because partner and I also 
love a good NPR broadcast. Uh, we definitely do listen to that in the car quite often. And he actually remembered a segment that they had done on an Arabic rapper. And so he very easily did a cross-reference, went back to NPR's website and found... Um, the gentleman's name, his name is Weggs. And then I ended up finding, I don't know if it was... I don't know who found the um, the article, but there was a Times piece, relatively uh, new piece. It was just from this past November 10th of 2023. Happy birthday to my brother. Brother's birthday. Um, but, all right, let me just read a little bit of this to you so that I... Cause I tend to do a better job just reading it as opposed to spending 20 minutes trying to... Um, what's the word, uh, com compress it, like, instead of, sorry, I hit the mic, guys, instead of me trying to, um, condense it, I'll just read the first paragraph, uh, this was by Danny Hajar, with two J's, so, on the ninth stop of his world tour, the Egyptian rapper Weggs finished soundcheck at the Howard Theater in Washington, D.C., and relaxed on a warm back leather couch, blah, 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 that's, uh, Intro. So his numbers, however, have been growing. Wags has been the most streamed artist on Spotify in Egypt since 2020. And that was as of November 10th, 2023. Not a small feat, I would assume. Um, in 2022, he was named the most streamed artist on the platform across the entire Middle East and North Africa and became the first Egyptian artist to perform at the FIFA World Cup final. Sold out concerts in London and Berlin before arriving in the United States, uh, the United States last month as the first Arab artist with a global tour backed by the concert giant Live Nation. So I found that to be quite interesting. So if you haven't picked up already, he is um, an Arabic hip hop artist. He's a rapper. Oh, my God. So I was reading the article on the drive home. And I got such a chuckle. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Y'all, oh God. Okay. Is this it? Shit, I wish I highlighted it earlier. Um, okay, here it is. Okay, so, and I have to remind myself, he's 25. So uh, this is uh, around the segment of the article where they were talking about his background and he is um, explaining, um, I thought this was really cute. So, that he added that he had been eager to take risks when his family urged caution, though his mother encouraged him to explore, which expanded his worldview and came from a working class family. His father was a math teacher and his mother a nurse and head of a children's foster home. That's his background. So this was really cute. I tried to go online and go to, and this is a quote from him. I tried to go online and go to internet cafes and listen to YouTube. He recalled in the basement of the Washington venue. Wakes has said he grew up listening to American rappers, including Young Thug, Future, and the duo Mob Deep, as well as Egyptian singers Ahmed Adewaya, um, Dalita, and Mohamed Monir, and the Algerian musician Cheb Mami. 
apologies if I mispronounced anyone's name, but baby, this kid grew up listening to Young Thug and Future. And um, I am just, I'm, so I'm 38, I'm not old. Um, Well, to some of you, I probably am. I don't think I'm old and I'm certain a lot of you don't think I am either. I am so chuckled because it's kind of like once you peg in your mind, right? The people who the artists you listen to are inspired by, it's kind of, to me, this is my perception of it, but it's like hearing people who are influenced by artists who came out, I mean, well past the time that I could say my musical influences were still being curated or, um, you know, peaked. Like during, I feel like Young Thug and Future are like 2013 of it all artists. And it it's just, uh, I mean, the time had to come when someone would be influenced by them, right? But it's just to be here for the time when that happens is just interesting. And I guess that's, you know, one of those things where you say, oh, I guess we know how our parents feel when they, you know, looked at us sideways about our music. I guess it is what it is. So um, Weggs has two songs in particular that stood out to me that I really enjoyed. Um, I'd say the one in particular that I would put on my international playlist would be El Bac. I don't know if I'm pronouncing pronouncing it right. And I feel like it translates to the luck or something like that. I don't, um, I don't remember, but I very much so. And up oh, the luck, it does translate into such. Um, and it says that his most successful song to date, the uncharacteristically vulnerable Elbach, the luck, Features a melodic rap about a broken-hearted lover over a syncopated beat, strings, and plucked acoustic guitar. One thing I will say that um, I guess it's a reminder or it stands out even more is, you know, sometimes they say they're romance languages and you, movies or consumed media, if you will, whether that be a movie, a show, a book, or however you consume information and art will often have that um I am at a loss for all the words today um it gives like that sentiment of like the romance languages and things just sounding better in a different language or when someone will translate something they'll say oh well it doesn't sound as good in whatever language you're translating it into and Music is quite the fucking reminder of that. So even though you don't understand what someone is seeing, uh, saying or singing, that does not negate the emotion that'll often come through it. And it also just rides the beat well. It sounds good. It feels good. And I do not remember which one it was. I wrote down, there's another song by him called Skirty, S-K-E-R-T-Y. And I wrote that it had the English captions, but I tried to find it again to drop it to, you know, put in my list of things to put in the description box. And I couldn't find the one that had the caption. But either way, I enjoy both songs, but I particularly enjoy El Bot. 
And um, I'd personally add that to my playlist, but I'm going to add the link to the article, the Times piece, and to uh, Weggs's YouTube in the description box. And I would highly suggest that you guys check that out. Um, also on my list of artists that I came across was Luna Lubani. Not certain if I'm pronouncing her name right, uh, correctly, but baby, another artist that uh, things in Arabic and not just Arabic, Arabic, French, something else. There's one song in particular, I want to say it's called The Snake or just Snake. And she sang the one song in like four different languages. It is absolutely beautiful. And was that the one? I don't know if that was the one. There was, um, I don't know if I'm completing the videos, but then there was another one that she did, Where's My Iris? And that one is also sung in two languages. And there is a third song. So I'm just going to dump all the songs that I noted by her, um, Renaissance. That's my favorite song of hers. It is absolutely beautiful. She sings that in two languages also, um, English being one of them in all those songs that I'd mentioned. And what was interesting about this artist in particular, first of all, music is fucking insane. Shorty is so talented. I'd say she was probably my standout favorite from the group of artists that I dove into sampling. And I don't know why I feel like I may have heard something of hers before, but one thing that stood out to me when um, listening to her music was, and we watched these on YouTube. So there'll be um, a link for uh, all of the different artists that I mentioned for their YouTube channel, or at least one of the videos that they've uh, released in the description box. Um, but visuals, I don't know if I ever really considered visuals in other countries. Like our artists across the world kind of focusing on the same things are the key takeaways are what we're trying to kind of achieve or are because you would assume that the goal for the visuals is storytelling right you want to get to the point of whatever the song is trying to convey right but do the visuals in the states kind of serve the same purpose as they do in other countries um are they as heavily I don't want to say influenced, but like, are they, are they valued the same? Like when I came up, we had music television channels. Like we actually had MTV, we had VH1, we had BET. And these were, we had video music box. Like we had channels that actually played the visuals. Music videos were a huge deal. There would be um, scheduled release dates. Like we'd all show up, make sure we were in front of our TV at Saturday uh, at a certain time or, you know, for 106 in part or for TRL Live or for whatever the program was to see a particular artist and their video drop. Like, everybody's, where's the visuals, V? Well, we had the visuals for our artists, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Videos were a good time. Budgets were movie budgets. Google Hype Williams, if you're unfamiliar, um, and not even on some, like, snotty shit, but, like, just check out the shit that he's done, like incredible visuals, wild budgets. I'm talking million dollar budgets 
for a single song, for a music video. And so I come from that kind of era and space and time of music where like music videos were very cool. They weren't like an ancillary thing. I feel like there was a, a time in music and it could just be me and not necessarily being the target market for a lot of what's popular in music, if you will. And I feel like once you kind of um, don't necessarily see yourself in the market, you may consume the music a little bit differently. Like I don't necessarily rush to turn on the radio on my drive home to listen. Shout out to Red Alert. Do love Red Alert's um, set on the drive home. I feel like Red Alert is a 107.5 in New York, um, but wherever he's syndicated on WBLS, big fan. Um, but I don't necessarily feel as if I'm the target uh, market for, you know, what I would assume to be the popular artists, like the 20-somethings, right? So, and don't take it personal, not looking to necessarily be that market either. But I feel like since I don't necessarily resonate with a lot of what some newer artists um, assumed content, musical content, or and I just mean like I'm not in that same demo, you know, the stuff that you're going through early 20s and Oh, life. I mean, people break up at every year, at every age. People, you know, fall in love at every age. People all kind of have good times with their friends and party songs. That's not what I mean, but okay. Good example. Britney Spears, right? Her music can appeal to everybody, but think about Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time, first single. I was that demo. I was the kid in high school. So it's like, okay, I'm focused. I am now into this. And now I get to follow you through your uh, career, if you will. And think about artists that have, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but follow me. It's a good time. Um, Think about artists that you have followed through their career. Many of them, the content of their music also progresses. They're not necessarily singing about the same things. And if they're singing about the same things, they're singing about them differently. And sometimes you can see where there's a particular artist that you used to listen to at one point in your life. And then you grow up a little bit and you realize, oh, these niggas are still singing the same kind of music. Like we're, 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 we're in a rut. Are we in the same place? You haven't grown with your audience. Um, and that being the case, that was part of where I was at with the visuals. I was very curious as to if the visuals are as important overseas. Do different countries have um, different markets for different types of visuals? Do certain artists get visuals? Then you've got um, different rules and allowances and laws and customary practices in different countries where women may not be seen uh, the same way or held to the highest, the same regard or to the same standard or even have the same allowances or protections. So for their women artists, are those women allowed to, one, even express themselves the way they may want to in their music? And then what does that in turn look like in their visuals for their music? Then you've got stuff like everyone like can readily um, say possibly, uh, a very distinct, like cultural musical trends, right? You got your K-pop, Bollywood. Um, and those are, I would say, music and song choices that may more similarly match 
the trends, if you will, to an American market. Now, Bollywood, hear me out, may, may not necessarily think it does, but, cause, and granted, there are, of course, very cultural, strong cultural nuances and differences in the music, but a lot of, there's like their traditional music, right? That has like a traditional format to the way the music is laid out and how the song goes. And then you've got more mainstream, if you will. And even in watching the dancing and watching the music, it is very easily digestible as an American audience to take it in because in many similar ways, like our rhythmic pattern, if you're following, not in terms of the type of music, but the way it's packaged, like not even knowing what these people are singing about. Boy, boy meets girl or girl, girl meets boy. We got a boy, we got a girl, they're meeting, there's chemistry, there's dancing, we're singing, we're, and whatever we're singing about and whatever we're dancing about, same script, you know? Different uh, different themes, different sounds, different uh, visuals, but the script is very similar. So, um, you know, there are different... Ah, what's it? There's so many differences in the different types of music, but I kind of fell down that rabbit hole wondering what was important to different cultures, what was important to... Um, artists from different countries and how those countries in turn influence the artists and where they come from. We're in a world now where everything is digital. Y'all are listening to me while you're driving, while you're changing a kid's diaper, while you're pretending to pay attention to something that's going on in front of you at work or wherever you're listening. So we're all in the middle of doing one thing or another and we're all all over the place but we're all connected and that's one thing that you can see is very apparent in a lot of um the different videos because we were watching this on youtube is that a lot of the artists regardless of where they are dress the same especially when you make the same kind of music and I especially noticed it when I was looking um, through, when we were going through Weggs' videos, right? Um, it's rap, but like rap now, like I guess it would be, I think it's, I think he's got a couple of drill songs, but not too many. I feel like he's not, I wouldn't really want to say he's a drill artist, um, but I don't know what the fuck he's saying. So I can't really say it, but I feel like his music is a little smoother, if you will. Um, but again, skinny jeans, polos, um, like there's, they look the same to me. They all look, whether they're American, whether they're UK, whether they're um, North African, like this gentleman, um, they got to look. And one of the videos that stood out so much was an act it was a really really beautiful one let me see if i can find it while i'm saying it was um it was a lubani video luna lubani and i think it was snake 
and it looked like she could have shot the video herself. Um, uh, let's see if it'll come across. And I say that not in like a, oh, what was she thinking? But like, uh, oh shit, this should go, this shit goes hard. Like, and it's, it looks like she just put her phone on a tripod and moved it to a couple, like redid the same video from different angles. Yeah, we watched it on a different YouTube account, so it's not popping up. I'm pretty sure it was the snake. Um, but beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Is this it? A be- Nope. Okay, so where's my iris? Heads up. If you f- go on her YouTube page, it has the captions for whatever language she is singing. And then some, I think it actually, cause I put it on mute. So I feel like when she's singing in, I could be right. Let me just find out. Cause I want to say when she's singing in English, they put the Arabic captions up. But then when she's singing in Arabic, they put the English captions up so that everybody else can understand what's being said in the other language. Um, let's see, this is in English. She's singing in English. I don't know if you guys can hear it. I'm hoping you can't because I don't know how those um, uh, music laws work and I'm not interested in finding out if you dig me. here yeah i i can't tell so that one's really good it's not popping up but there's one and another thing she gorgeous girl but also it's like the girls have a look the nails are the same the accessories are the same like the cuts are the same the makeup is the same a lot of the outfits are the like the aesthetic is the same different places in the world but like the girls are the girls and um here for it it was beautiful i would add personally renaissance though of the luna lubani songs that i came across all are beautiful but renaissance took the cake y'all um so to wrap it up those two were my favorite artists and the artists that i spent the most time digging through but then we also came across um a couple of DJs, uh, boyfriend is really big on DJ sets. Can't say that it was something that I really got into before he and I started dating. Um, but I have discovered, and I'm pretty sure that I discovered this uh, over the past three years or so, but, oh, his I see his face. Did I wear the shirt today? No, I wore a Janelle Monae shirt today. Um, oh man, we went to his concert in OKC. We were going to go in Brooklyn. Thankfully, we didn't do the Brooklyn one because Mark Ribier, uh, he's a DJ that has really good DJ sets. And he's actually, I guess you would say like a freestyle DJ. Like he'll just start doing a beat and then he'll say, all right, on his YouTube streams, give me uh, three words. And then he'll go into like a four minute song about those three words and create the beat at the same time that he's creating the song. It's such a talent, such a talent, such a skill. Love listening to him. But he, to my understanding, is American. 
he does a lot of his um, pop-ups in the city. So I am assuming that he is a New York resident. I came across Les Cristo. He was a DJ from Latvia and he was doing a melodic deep house mix. It was giving like, I can clean some shit to this. Really, really got into that dude's set. Then there was another dude. We were talking about trips we may want to take in the future and Croatia came back up. And so I think I just Googled or YouTubed um, Croatian popular music. And the music that popped up was actual, like, I guess, more traditional music. Personally, I wasn't a fan. But then I think I just Googled, like, Croatian DJ. And this dude, uh, Chris Kraken, came up. And I had a little chuckle because, like, one thing that is always... I guess you could say indicative of a fight scene or like a shootout or something traumatic, dramatic as well in a movie is a club scene. And they, the video for the set that we were watching was at a club and it was really giving me like, um, I was going to say boys in the hood and I don't mean boys in the hood. Um, what's the bad boys. It was giving like bad boys, one club scene. Um, or um, what was, uh, I think it was like, it might've been John Wick. There was like a really, I think it was in John Wick 3. There was a really deep, uh, really kick-ass um, club scene, um, whichever of the movies. And I'm, I'm tap dancing around doing a John Wick episode, like a John Wick-esque themed episode. Um, if that's your bag, tap in. Um, I've got maybe two directions it can go. And I'm curious if um, one would be more palatable or more interesting to you guys than the other. So shoot me an email or text me, uh, DM me on whatever social media platform you so choose. Those are all that information in the description box, my email address, as well as my um, travel and shit um, socials. But I would be curious about that. But so let's say, Club scene. I'm not a fan of the club. I'm not going to the club. Everything about clubs is unappealing to me. I I don't uh, enjoy crowds. A concert is the closest thing to a club that I'm going to get. And that's because I know I have a seat. I know I have a seat. I'm paying for a seat. I also am not a fan of like general seat, like uh, what do you call, we'll call general admission where everybody stands together. I'm not better than that. Had my fill. I just can't stand that long. I can't do it. Don't want to do it. Heavy on the don't want to, so I won't. Um, But not a fan of clubs. But I can't say that I will never go back to a club for a good experience because when you go to the right one with the right people and the right shit is playing, when that drink hits, it's a good fucking time. Um, Also, I came across... This one was fun. Um, BYYB Radio. It's actually a live stream from Shanghai of different DJ sets. Now, I don't know if these are like professional DJs or if they are pop-up DJs or people that just have DJ experience or if they are regular people from off the street. I don't know if they do guest spots. I'm not certain how they do it, but I want to say that they do two 
I think it's on every set. I want to say it's every Saturday. And I believe that they do like two sets. Like there's maybe like a 12 to three and then like a five to seven set. But it's a live, it's a live stream of, I'd say they have about three different DJs in a set, it looks like. So I'm not necessarily sure, like when I'm reading it, it looks like there are different names, but I don't know if that is say like the different DJs because I watched maybe three different sets, but I don't think I finished any of the one sets out completely. Like I'd get like halfway through and the sets are like an hour, two hours long, some of them. So I would listen to one for a while and then like we just go to the next one. But um, I don't know if what they're describing is the different DJs or the different like types of music. And that was another really um, cool point is that in that live stream, in that drop of from Shanghai, those DJs, they kind of let you know like what you're getting into, like what type of music this set was going to have, whether it be deep house or whether it be um, trans techno or whatever the fuck the shit was they were going to be playing. So um, that one was really cute. Uh, they also posted the address. It's a gathering corner for music lovers for BYYB underscore radio on the YouTubes. I thought that was really cute because... You could pop up on one of your tourist little um, trips. That would be really fun to come across. And that's another thing. Like when you're traveling every once in a while, you run into some live music. You run into some um, open, I don't want to say karaoke, but like if there is a street that is kind of close to car traffic, a lot of times where it's just foot traffic and they've got shops and bars and restaurants and stuff, that's a place that I have found that tons of musicians will pull up to whether they are arranged in advance or if they kind of just pull up on their own, play their little guitar or whatever they're um, on the keys or on the, um, I don't necessarily see people doing drums. Shout out to J. Alphonse, um, subway players. He uh, would play in the subway and I would run into him quite a few times. Um, he was always cool when you would run into him big them up, less up on the subway, do the head knot, move on. Um, but one of the things that you generally run into when you're doing your touristy thing and you're traveling the world, you run into music and it's always a good time. Sometimes Shazam will work for live, uh, sometimes it won't. I've generally just been caught in the music as opposed to Shazamming live music, but um, that I can't attest to whether or not it works. I feel like it does, depending on the live version. It depends on like if it's a full set or like an acoustic set kind of thing, you know. But um, I had a good old time um, over the weekend. And I was quite excited to do this episode because I wanted to talk about the music. Um, I particularly, particularly really enjoyed Weggs and um, Luna Lubani. And I uh, have firmly cemented them onto my personal international playlist. And as a um, secondary thank you to Ichiku Nikasaki for throwing me down that rabbit hole of Japanese 80s city pop. So, you know, what would be on your international playlist? I am quite tickled and interested to know. Uh, if you listen on Spotify, no, because I'm not going to change the question. So don't even bother with that. Um, but feel free to send me an email. Again, email is in the description box. It's dcarry at travelandshitpodcast.com. 
and I would love to hear who's on your international playlist and put me on to some new artists. If you guys have any artists that you love, that you've seen in person, that you've seen live, or if you speak the language, know what they're saying and know that the music is actually good, even though I, the American who only speaks English, won't know what they're saying. And I'm more than open, willing, and able to check them out and give them a listen. So um, give it a thought. How much time do you spend being internationally curious? Think about something that you're interested in and dive into it in the context of a different country. Context, context. Travel is so much more than vacation. You don't have to necessarily be going there and you don't necessarily have to be there to be interested. Give it a shot. All right, y'all. Bye.